You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Merps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Abukta. Uh, there is no Merps today. He is in Hawaii on a ridiculous wedding thing. That's not his wedding. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's, it's been a while and, uh, I, I, we, I couldn't skip this one. Uh, normally we, we may, uh, we may just skip an episode if this kind of stuff happens, but this is right after the launch of an expansion and it is a big one. And then they made a patch. So we're going to talk about it without Murps and then he'll be back next week and we'll, we'll talk about it more then. So, the first thing to know is that the Festival of Legends went live on Tuesday. If you haven't yet, be sure to check out our card review, um, in which we, uh, we went over all the cards. And so far, there hasn't been that many misses, and the, there, there, there's a few. We'll talk about a few of the, uh, of the ones that actually moved by, you know, a tier. If it's within a tier and you're arguing between like B and B plus or B plus and A, it's kind of whatever. But if anything's moving from like B to A or from C to B, that's kind of important. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that a bit. But the meta hits, it's a standard meta. They went with having only four sets rather than six. So all of a sudden, all the top cards, which were diluted to be uh, to, because there were six sets in the prior standard meta. Now there's only four sets, and there is uh, no more of that six set dilution. So you saw like people had decks with like five, six copies of like the top cards. They also got rid of the offering adjust that was previously in play for all the the cards. Like there was a big reset. So I just wanted to see how things uh, how things worked out. And so your totally ridiculous uh, Death Knight cards were all back. Um, I mean, they weren't that ridiculous, but they were good. And there was a lot of them, right? And things like Deathborn was back in full force. Uh, just whatever BS crap that they had previously nerfed down in offering rates, it were all back. It was all normal. Like, you just look at the HS replay data, and you will see a pretty clean line of, like, all the top uh, cards of a class being chosen about the same percentage by rarity. And the result of that was that Death Knight was the top class. It was pretty dominant. Now, this this set does still have the normal offering bonus that uh, that other new sets have, I, and it's still about plus fifty percent. They didn't raise the offering bonus or or, or anything, so it's a, it's your normal standard offering bonus for the new set. And Death Knight got a lot of good cards in this new set, um, but the standard set of Death Knight cards is still not like it's still a cut above the other cards because remember death knight came in only in the prior expansion so there has been if there's four expansions in right now all death knight cards are from the last two expansions whereas everybody else has cards that are diluting the pool from the two expansions before that which are arguably slightly weaker um anyway uh so uh, that's the that's the old meta after that, they did an offering adjust on Friday. So they launched on Tuesday, do offering adjust on Friday, three days. They did the same thing to this last time. Um, and I, I remember this because it was very good uh, that they touched it really fast. And uh, also because if you're watching this on YouTube, you see the little note that says a quick offering adjust, a, a quick offering rate adjustment. Um, because that's the last time that I did a solo show. 
And that was when Murps was having his child, which was around the last expansion was launching. Um, so this is a it's it's very good that they're going with with this patterns for the major sets. I wish they did the same thing though when the rotation happens mid uh, mid cycle, right? Usually with the launch of the mini set because that also needs an adjustment, and that one's usually very slow. But at least they're keeping up with this fast adjustment. So three days adjustment, big hits this time, not not small. Um, and we'll we'll talk about that too. But the speed is very good to see. Uh, the the actual contents are a little weird. Uh, some of it was pointed out immediately, but but let's uh, let's first look at our our neutrals in this set and what the top neutral cards are by HS replay stats. Um, I will note that these stats are like a little weird um, and they don't have to be so weird, but they're a little tainted because with this new patch, which happened on Friday and it's Sunday right now, so it's been two days post patch. And there were three days before patch, and even after they patched it, that only affects, um, well, this bug uh, happened immediately, so that affected everything. But in terms of the new meta, it, the old draft still stayed locked, right? So we'll see numbers move, even from here on out. But when you're looking at the neutral cards, besides like all the top cards, like one thing they did was ban Astalor. Uh, about time. They left him in for a really freaking long time and they finally banned him. He has such an outsized win rate even after the nerf compared to the other top legendaries. Like, Astalor's win rate is 64% and the next highest is Sylvana the Accursed at 59.4%. Sylvana the Accursed is a totally ridiculous card, but Astalor was like on the next level, right, for, for neutral legendaries. So they banned that, which was really nice to see. Um, but you go down and the top... Uh, the top neutrals that are not epic is Paparazzi, then Mothership, then Nerubian Vizier. Yes, Mothership is above Nerubian Vizier. Um, and then Boneflinger, which has always been a top small card. Darkfall and Shadow, which has such staying power. This card is way better than I gave it credit for um, back in the day. Uh, Infected Peasant, uh, and Corporal Corporal, Silvermoon Armor, Reefwalker... Uh, Concert Promo Drake makes an appearance there. That Baba Naga, that Famished Fool, Party Animal, that's a big new card that came in. Uh, then Stoneborn Accuser, then Hipster, then Rowdy Fan, that Pelican Diver, that Ghost Rider, then Outfit Tailor, and then Priest of the Deceased. I'm going to draw a line there. I'm not going to just keep going down for everything. But if you notice a pattern here, it's that the vast majority of these cards are very, very small cards. They're very small cards because the meta that has come in is actually quite an aggressive meta. I think everybody was predicting this like slow meta where everybody has like a ton of card draw and like eventually gets all their combo pieces and kind of beats each other up with those because that was the prior meta. And that is really not the case in this meta. The meta that's come in, whether before the nerfs or after the nerfs, is the same kind of deal in which you can just hang out and gather your cards and make your combos. That's totally a viable strategy. But because everybody has their combos and whether you get your combos and set it up or not is really much more luck than skill, uh, you don't really, you can't really get as much incremental improvement on your win rate as you can by doing more fundamental stuff. And so this curve and pushing thing is really 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 effective and if you just played on like launch day or the day after it becomes very obvious that your aggressive decks are doing better even though you do have endless card advantage 
So you can draft a pretty aggressive deck and not run out of cards for a long time, but you will finish the game way before um, like another deck, right? So if your opponent has like 10 cards and you have like three cards, you're hardly out of cards, but your opponent is winning this like long card advantage game and it just doesn't matter, right? So what you want to do when you build your deck generally is to focus on not necessarily taking the board in the beginning, but just being able to flip the board at some point in like the mid or mid late game if you don't have the board in the very beginning and then just keep pushing face and keep getting that damage in so that when you do your flips or when you counter your opponent's flips and do your flip, you can then hit face and kind of end the game. Um, getting an early fast start is super good in this meta. Like, don't let the, like, Deathborns and the whatever fool you. That happens rarely. Or, against Mage, it does not happen rarely at high win rates. Uh, but they did nerf Deathborn, as uh, offering rate, a bit. I'll talk about that later. Um, and more importantly, there's just not a lot of cards like Deathborn out there. So, uh, um, for everything else, you're not... Like, it's not... Like, if you look at the Death Knight removals, um, that's the most powerful class right now they're not actually like better against you if you have more stuff on the board especially in the early going that that's not really the case right they're about the same effectiveness and if that like is, yeah sure some of the stuff may have rush and then you know if you don't have stuff on the board that thing effectively loses rush but generally speaking you're not really punished for putting a lot of stuff on the board against death knight um the way you are with like say mage or warlock and warlock's at the very bottom right now so you don't have to worry about warlock uh, or, or like Shaman, right? Uh, Shaman's another uh, good class along with Mage. Um, so outside of like some ex like very specific examples, you're not really being punished for going fast anymore in the way that you used to be punished a bit more in the prior meta. So you're able to jump out immediately. The curve is important again, not for like maintaining board control and whatever, and more for just like you get an extra like four to six damage on your opponent's face and that just really matters um in, in this meta uh healing is very important face damage is very important and uh that swing is still hugely important so we're in a little bit of an interesting meta uh the power level is through the roof but it is not one of those metas in which you just hang around and build your hand and build your combos and then destroy your opponent you should be doing that but that should be like a thing you're doing in the background in order to unleash it and cause a swing. Not like, oh, I'm just going to build this and eventually just have, you know, my opponent plays three bombs, I play five bombs, I win the game. No. If your opponent can play three bombs and you're playing, let's say, like two or four bombs, two, three, four bombs, you guys are on the same playing field. Your opponent doesn't really have an advantage because they play three bombs and you play two. Not if you're playing somewhat aggressively. In the same way, you don't really have an advantage if you play four bombs and your opponent play three. If the game is ending based on your health, that's not really a number of bombs situation. So when you're building your bombs and you're setting them up and you're waiting for your like mana thirst cards to kick in and your combos and you're drawing some cards, uh, that's all good and all. But make sure you use them. Like make sure you if you're just creating and setting up more stuff and you just find yourself losing before you get a chance to unleash the stuff. Let's say if you're doing if you're losing more than like once out of every three games, then your whole strategy's off. Then you're playing too slow for this meta. Because I'll tell you what works in this meta quite well. Just putting stuff on the board and punching your opponents to the face, and then letting your broken cards like eventually compete with some of your opponent's broken stuff, 
and just get that swing at some point and have your opponent not be able to respond immediately on that next turn in a way that prevents your now stuff on the board from going to the opponent's face and finishing them off. Um, that wins the majority of games. Okay, so now we, we set that meta up. It's a little... It's a little... Like, I wouldn't have predicted it. I didn't predict it, um, that this meta would come about. It's weird that they up the power of all cards. Not just tempo cards, not just defensive cards, not just all... Uh, um, offensive cards. They up the everything of all the cards, and because there's a, a smaller offering pool now, the combos are more. You're, it's even easier now to hit your combos than it was before. So they've really turned everything up, and yet the the meta has kind of swung more aggressively than before. Um, it's it's kind of an interesting uh, thing that's happened. But okay, enough about the meta. Uh, the meta is ever changing. I'm talking about the general feel of this week, which is really two different metas: the first meta before the patch, then this transition meta that we're still in right now, where we have a bunch of pre uh, pre patch decks and some uh, post patch decks. Um, most of the pre patch decks will be gone by the time this weekend's over, or at least the early part of next week. But if you get to the really high win rates, you're still going to see some sick decks that you're like, "This guy either really got really lucky, or this is a pre." Uh, a pre-nerf deck and that's just how it is the, the meta that this is going to settle into is going to happen sometime next week and because of how weird i'm going to go into how weird these adjustments are i wouldn't put it past this team to make another adjustment um next week maybe like late next week right or like early the week after but i don't think we are done adjusting by a long shot like it will not be like this for three weeks i will promise you that and part of the reason it won't stay like this for three weeks is because they also messed up. Uh, upon release, the new core cards that were supposed to be inserted into core were not in the arena. So they just weren't in the arena. And there was a whole bunch of them. So that was like actually quite dilutive of, uh, of a lot of things, especially neutrals. Um, you'll see all the neutral offering rates kind of like dip below, even if they haven't actually been nerfed because they just added a bunch of cards back in the meadow in this, uh, in this update. And the bigger bug is that once they did the update, they broke Discover and Random Minion Generation. Like, random generations, including Discover, now pull from the wild. The wild pool. So, that's bad for these cards, because the wild pool is generally worse than the, uh, than the standard pool. We talked about Power Creep. And so, in theory, that kind of balances things out, right? Because Discover was always a bit powerful. And this is like a weird backdoor way to like kind of lower the power of all Discover cards. If Discover is too powerful, let's make the stuff you discover a little bit worse, right? Let's make it a little less consistent that you get these colossal cards. Um, and then all the offering rate, and then all the, the win rates of the Discover cards should go down. That's what I thought. That's what I posted. I'm like, hey, this may be a bug, but it seems pretty good. I'm not the only one who said that. But when you look at the actual win rates, I don't know what is happening, but the Discover card win rates have only gone up. Um, well, okay, that's not true. Um, the Discover spell win rates has gone down, but the Discover legendary win rate namely paparazzi has gone up even though the old legendary cards are definitely not as good as the new legendary cards so i think the meta is shifting 
a little like in a way that's making this happen but i can't quite put my finger on what exactly is happening with the meta like in the last couple days because i i played on friday night right after the change um so i i saw a bit of what where the meta was heading but i haven't been like continuously uh uh moving moving with it so it's definitely not the case that paparazzi's uh discovers are are you know all of a sudden got boosted because it's wild um but but now the meta is shifting in a way that's making paparazzi more uh like like better um i see f ivanovic who's one of the top players on on the leaderboard always say there's less discover so you should discover is more powerful as a result i i think that's right that's that's probably what's happening it's not just that there's less discovers right the power level is overall down whenever they do this patch that happens after the release they're always nerfing the most powerful classes the most powerful cards and when you have a nerf of total power level, then the, uh, the the discovers, which are still discovering very powerful things, have more of an impact, right? Like when you reduce the number of bombs that are available in each deck, then the remaining bombs take on more importance. Whereas if you already had like six bombs in your deck anyway, because that's how this meta freaking was back in the day, adding another bomb is not that big of a deal. Especially like we talked before, this is not a meta about do I have more bombs than my opponent. So... In, like this meta in many ways is like a little less dumb actually than the prior meta where uh, where it was more about the number of bombs that you had slash were able to set up so in this meta it's easier to set up bombs and you do have more bombs but they kind of matter less um, after the patch it seems like they're mattering a bit more um, but anyway uh, so paparazzi's win rate is now like looking at the neutral cards right going back to this evaluation of the of the of the new set paparazzi the big bad you know scary a plus tier card is now the top neutral card it is above vizier but pretty much the same as vizier vizier used to be well above paparazzi like at launch paparazzi was like the fifth best neutral common it was like crazy how low it was for the fact that it's doing ridiculous things anyway vizier is we rate like a high a so this makes sense that Paparazzi and Vizier are about the same win rate. Um, and it'll probably move further, right? With Vizier moving down a little bit more and Paparazzi moving up a little bit more. Um, so Paparazzi kind of... It, it's as powerful as people feared, but there was just so much power added in all the decks that Paparazzi didn't really shine or cause as much problems as it would have. Uh, Vizier is next... Um, I'm not going to go down too much because then after Paparazzi and Vizier, the common ones go to like some normal, um, some, some normal cards, but you have to go down like 10 cards before you get to promo drink. Um, so yeah, we were, we were reading off the cards before anyway, but yeah, promo drink is around where like Vanished Fool is. This is the area of like the high costing A tier cards. Like, yes, promo drink is only the 10th best common or something like that. But we rated an A, and uh, I, I stand by that rating. Just like Famished Fool back in the day, we rated an A, and along with some other cards. And we bumped the other cards down, actually. We were like, uh, we, we made an error. Like, literally an error in the math. And some of these cards that we rated a, a A should actually be B+. And we actually moved them down. But we did not move down Famished Fool. Because it is that powerful of a card. Um, but these are all, like, slower, like, later game cards. And this meta is very pushy. So they may be A-tier cards in a normal meta, but this is not the meta for these kinds of cards. Um, what this is the meta for is freaking Party Animal. So let's get to our biggest miss. 
our biggest miss, I mean, we, we have a couple misses every time, um, but usually we get the big ones right here. This is one of the few, like, big ones that I think we actually just missed on. We gave Party Animal a C+. Party Animal's a B+. Um, we just vastly underestimated both, uh, one, um, the number of hits that it will get. It, it's getting way more hits than the, the math was expecting. Um, because the diversity of tags is just higher than than we thought. And uh, and that matters a lot, right? Because each one you hit, especially if you can play Party Animal on turn two, uh, is, is huge. Because every one that you hit that is a curve card is now an over curve card. And, uh, and that matters a lot. Uh, Party Animal, I mean, it's not coming in that high, but it's coming in as like the 10th or 12th like card. Like it's, and, and having played with it, it feels really powerful. Like, it's definitely, like, a B-plus card. Maybe in another meta, it's a B card, but it is nowhere near a C-plus. If it's a B card, it's a high B card, right? And we only had it at a C-plus. Um, okay, anyway, so that's the, the kind of neutral setting. Now, when they came... So, that was the neutral setting of what was happening. On the class card side, the three classes super, super dominating the early meta was Death Knight, Mage, and Paladin. Mage had Deathborn. And uh, Frozen Touch, but mostly Deathborn. No questions asked, right? Like, you put Deathborn and you don't have a Nerf Offering rate, the class is ridiculous and silly. Um, uh, Death Knight, again, no one's surprised. We all saw how powerful Death Knight is. When you revert all the nerves, this is what happens with Death Knight. Uh, and then Paladin will, is the other miss. The other major miss that I think we had in uh, in our ratings. And this is a card that we talked about all... Like, I think I spent 10 whole minutes on this one card. And it's Disco Mall. And we rated it an A+. So it's not like we rated it low. And we talked about it a lot because we knew it was going to be very, very important. Because it's an A-plus card that is a common class card. So it, with an offering rate bonus. So it will be everywhere. Especially in Paladin. It's almost always a good class. Um, the only other common card that was, the only common card that was actually S tier was, uh, whatever the hell that Shaman card was that's, like, super, super ridiculous. Uh, Pack the House, yeah. And Pack the House is as predicted, it's as ridiculous as predicted, right? Like, right now its win rate is even above Command of Neptalon, which was, like, the other S tier Shaman card <laughs> that we rated from back in the day. Um, it's above schooling, like, it's an S-tier card. We got that one right, it wasn't hard. Uh, but for this Paladin card, uh, this actually, it is not an A-plus tier card, it is an S-tier card. And it's actually a big deal for a card to be S-tier rather than A-plus. Um, because at S-tier is kind of that broken level of this should not be in the game even if it is a class card. Uh, it's gotta be, like, legendary level. Um, like, offering rate-wise. And that's because... Disco Mall was not played like how I thought it would be played. Like, I thought it would be played more for tempo, especially in this meta when we talked about how much, like, tempo is, like, kind of matters again all of a sudden. Instead, I've seen Disco Malls almost exclusively be used for value, where you just hold the last charge until you buffed it enough, and then you put down something with Taunt and Divine Shield, or at least Taunt, or at least Divine Shield, or just something else, so that you use it, and then you get an extra bonus out of it. And because there's so few hard removals now in this game, which is another weird thing, none of the good classes these days have hard removals. And if they do, they have, like, one. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, 
if you don't have a promo Drake, you're you're kind of or like a silence, right? Like there's a couple ways to get rid of it, but this isn't like back in the day. Some especially with some of the the wild metas actually, uh, where the top classes would all have like three different cards that were hard removals. Like that's not happening here. So it's actually really hard <laughs> to remove these big things with the taunt, and then you kind of just lose the game from that. And uh, once I calculated in for the ability to do that and the percent chance that you can trigger it, which is really, really freaking high, because if you just keep buffing it, at some point you're going to get a decent taunt mini to put it on. Uh, Disco Ball's S tier card. So anyway, um, that's how Death Knight, Mage, and Paladin were dominating the meta. So what do they do? What do they do with this nerf? Now remember, it's a, it's a nerf that came in on the third day, which means they probably had to submit all their notes by the second day at most. So they were probably looking at pretty sketchy data. And what they did was like half on point and half like totally crazy. Like totally crazy. That by the time they announced it to anybody, everyone was like, what is, why? Like well, we're all happy that you did something. And it definitely has more of a positive impact than a negative impact. Even with the, the bug with the Discover. Um, which, I mean, that's a... That's a bug that's a, like a feature, not a bug, right? Like, I, I will, I'm not the only one that wishes it stayed for a bit, if not forever. Mm. Okay. So, the first thing they did is that on the class side, they nerfed five classes. I told you guys what was dominating before, right? Paladin, Mage, and Death Knight. Death Knight was dominating because... They didn't nerf any of the cards, and it has just more better cards than other people, because even in a standard meta, it came out later, right? Power Creep. Um, Paladin was because of Disco Maul, and Mage was because of uh, Deathborn and Frozen Touch. So, you would think these three would get nerfed. And they did. They're, they're three of the ones that got nerfed. But on top of that, they also decided to nerf Hunter and Shaman. Shaman was, like, also a really good class. I should mention that Shaman was also kind of dominating, but Shaman's super RNG. I just never consider it. So we talked about Pack the House, uh, which was the S-tier, the original, like, S-tier card uh, the, from, from the ratings. Um, and, okay. So that's four classes that should have been nerfed and got nerfed. And they nerfed them quite well. Uh, if you look at Paladin, Disco Maul is now an Epic, um, which is great. What you don't want them to do is to be moving commons to rares and thinking it solves the problem. Disco Maul is a totally ridiculous card in Paladin, and it got nerfed the way it should. Flight of the Bronze uh, was a rare card, but even that's too much. That got moved to an epic. There's this pattern where they take a problematic card, and they're like, this is too good, and they make it an epic, even if it's like an S-tier card or something. And that kind of follows the same logic that's worked for them in the past, right? Like, we don't like... Like, take, take Neutrals, for example. We don't like it even if an Epic card is rated an A. Uh, because that's still seen too often and still screws up the meta a lot. Like, School Teacher, right? Like, School Teacher is an A-tier or maybe even A-plus tier, I forget, um, neutral card. And it's always been an Epic. And they eventually nerfed its offering rate, not to mention nerfing the card. Uh, because it was just kind of ridiculous, even at Epic. But, if they didn't do that, there weren't really as many people complaining. Like, I think a lot of people are comfortable at that Epic offering rate for a card to be, like, more ridiculous than it should be. Like, neutral cards can be A and class cards can maybe be, be S. But it can't be at the rare offering rate. If you, want, if you think about the rare offering rate level, think of Caverns. Caverns 
I don't even know, like, before it got nerfed. I don't even know if it's, if it's even nerfed. I mean, it's not in the meta right now, but I think at some point it got nerfed in offering rate. But for the longest time, it wasn't nerfed in offering rate. And it was always just too much. Like, when shamans were good, caverns were unstoppable. When shamans were bad, you could still win just by playing cavern on four. Like, all the time. Like, near 100% of the time. And that's, that's a rare card, and that just happens too frequently. So by nerfing cards down to an epic level, I think they've, they've found the line that is, like, the most we can offer this card in a potentially good class where people, or not enough people, will complain about it. I'm still complaining about it. I think it should be legendary offering rate. But, like, they want to draw the line on epic. It's not the end of the world. Okay, anyway. So they nerfed Paladin down. Good job. Paladin went down. They nerfed Mage down. Frozen Touch is now an epic. Deathborn is also an epic. Keep in mind, Deathborn used to be a rare. So moving it down to an epic was just a small step down. And I still think you see too, many death, too much Deathborns. Like, Deathborn should be a legendary. But whatever. So they did that. Um, I didn't look at Shaman, but I'm sure they, they nerfed Shaman down appropriately too. And if you look at the win rates, it all reflects that. Um, all the win rates are great. Uh, Shaman is at 51.7%. Paladin's at 49.5%. Mage is at 47.5%. Everything is nerfed down as it should. I want to make sure... Oh, never mind. I take that all back about Shaman. The reason Shaman is so high is because they didn't nerf Pack the House. I'm looking at this right now. They did not nerf Pack the House. Okay. I mean, they clearly nerfed Shaman. I don't know what they nerfed for Shaman if they didn't nerf Pack the House, but they either didn't nerf Pack the House or they nerfed Pack the House, but then everyone's playing Shaman now. You can't really tell with HS replay uh, stats um, of, uh, of, what's, uh, of what's really happening. Um, so maybe they nerfed Shaman uh, now, but if they nerfed Pack the House, they only nerfed it to a rare at most because it, it did go down. And I guess... Because Shaman's the second best class right now, it makes sense that more people are playing Shaman. So maybe they did nerf Pack the House. I'm not going to say they didn't nerf it. It did go down from 14% scene to 9% scene. That's like out of all the classes. That's the only guy that HS Replay gives. So assuming that people play more Shaman now than they did uh, at launch, um, they probably nerfed the offering rate of this card down from a common to a rare. That's not enough. That is not enough. Remember my whole spiel, 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 spiel about how nerfing it down to, to rare is not enough. You have to nerf it to, to epic offering rates or else problems will still happen. Well, look at Shaman. It's still 51.7%. And I'm betting that when you play the game, Pack the House is still doing totally crazy things. Um, wow. I can't believe they didn't nerf Pack the House down so, uh, so much. And Shaman was one of the... I guess maybe Shaman's win rate was not like so ridiculously high that they thought it was as problematic. Anyway, I would not be surprised if they nerfed Pack the House down to an Epic, like everything else. Because they nerfed other stuff down to Epics. I, I just don't know why they, they skimped on Pack the House. Okay. So that's four classes that they should have nerfed, and they nerfed. Um, and uh, we covered... Sorry, uh, yeah, that was... That was three of the classes they should have nerfed and they nerfed. The other two classes, one was Death Knight, which had the highest win rate, as expected, and now still has the highest win rate. So what happened with Death Knight? What did they nerf? Why didn't it work? Because it's clearly not working. Well, one, Death Knight got an automatic nerf, because in addition to the arena offering nerfs, they actually adjusted a card. Construct Quarter, which is not even a new card, uh, got nerfed from uh, uh, it's the location that destroys a friendly minion and summons a 4-5 undead with rush. 
That got nerfed uh, from three charges to two charges, which is great because it's a freaking totally ridiculous card. Um, yeah, it's a totally ridiculous card that that very obviously uh, should have should have gotten nerfed. Um, but then, if you want to look at the other Death Knight cards, I'm just gonna go down the list. Necrotic Mortician got nerfed from a common to a rare. That's not enough. Army of the Dead got nerfed from a common to a rare. That's not enough. Yemajar Deathbringer, which was one of the never nerfed cards, despite always being one of the top cards in the entirety of uh, Death Knight, was again not nerfed, skipped for whatever reason. Battlefield Necromancer was nerfed from a common to a rare. This is just going to go on, where it's going to be a whole list of the top cards, um, and it's going to get all get nerfed, like a whole list of top cards. I can't even, there's so many of them. Not all of them, they also, just like last time when they nerfed Death Knight, they like pick random cards to skip. Um that they didn't think was like problematic for whatever reason and they eventually had to like ban one of them because it was super bad but they nerfed everything that was common and super problematic for death knight to rares they did not nerf them to epics this goes with the theme right you don't nerf it to epic levels you keep having a problem so death knight did not get nerfed down enough they gave the treatment to mage they gave the treatment to, to paladin they gave the um and then they didn't give the treatment to Shaman, and they didn't give the treatment to uh, to Death Knight. They, they kind of like withheld their nerf hammer and only half nerfed it to rares instead of to epics. And predictably, number one class, Death Knight, number two class, Shaman. This is all, they should have been able to see this coming from a mile away. Um, uh, yeah. Um, also, I see I see this comment from chat. This is also true because of the the discover bug. Uh, Death Knight discovers for spells and for class cards and for any of that. The discover pool for Death Knight is still intact because they don't have wild discover pools. So that's also helping Death Knight. But more than that, like Death Knight is hugely up right now. That it's not like it's not that close. Death Knight is fifty five point three percent. That's like very very high and problematic. Okay. So, after all those, there were two classes they didn't nerf hard enough. Two classes uh, they nerfed correctly. They also nerfed one more class. And uh, that class was Hunter. And I don't know what their win rates are, but Hunter in HS Replay was, like, never above, like, 46 or 47% win rate. It was, like, in the bottom half of win rates for classes throughout. And I don't know why they pick Hunter to nerf. But, but they did, and now Hunter is one of the worst classes, if not the worst. Uh, okay, it's 44.6% uh, it's win right now. So they probably didn't nerf Hunter very hard, um, but they still nerfed Hunter. And I don't really know why, but that felt like a weird pick. And we're at the point now where Hunter needs help. Um, so they also buffed two classes, Demon Hunter and Warrior. Seems like they buffed them about right. We'll see where those numbers settle, but they're all around 50% win rate right now. Um, and the bottom of unplayable classes in the current meta is uh, starting with Hunter, which is border. Okay, so Mage is the lowest class right now that is still playable at 47.5. Hunter is 44.6, which is bad. Uh, Druid is 43.1, which is really bad. Rogue is 42.6, which is also really bad. And Warlock is 39.6%, which is pretty much unplayable. 
So they didn't say that they nerfed any of these classes, um, these bottom classes uh, for Druid, Rogue, and Warlock, but they did. I guess they just didn't nerf a lot of their cards, um, and so uh, they didn't really, like, uh, you know, point it out. But, like, some of the cards, like, did get nerfed, um, like, like one or two that I found. Um, but they didn't announce that they nerfed any of those classes. Um, so, regardless, uh, if you're buffing the worst classes and you're nerfing the top classes down, but not by too much, then the classes you don't move are still going to be bad. So, we'll see what happens. Um, they definitely have a lot of work to do still, though. Like, this is not an okay meta. It's better than the meta from before. We're all very happy that they decided to touch things. And that's the thing, right? When it comes to having changes come in in three days, this is kind of expected. You're, you're kind of expected to get, like, this scattershot of, like, good changes, bad changes, changes you definitely should have done and you didn't. Um, because they have almost no time and almost no data to, uh, to make these changes off of. So this is all very good. This is not like a, oh, Blizzard is so dumb kind of, like, comment. This is more of a... Uh, hey, we're happy that you did it. It's definitely a positive experience overall. Um, but w we hope you do another round of adjustments like next Friday, right? Like, why stop here? Clearly, there's more work to be done. There's a class that has a win rate of 55% and another class with a win rate of less than 40%. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, let's go back to the neutrals. They didn't just nerf class cards. They also nerfed some neutral cards. In fact... Besides the Astalor thing, which I'm very happy about. Uh, that was just a ridiculous card that was making games terrible for no reason whenever it appeared. Uh, so besides Astalor uh, being gone, um, they nerfed four cards. And it's kind of the same as the classes, where you kind of don't know why they nerfed some of these. And uh, But they did hit the one that needed to be hit the most, right? Which is Paparazzi. Uh, Paparazzi was offered as a you know normal they didn't come with any offering penalties and now paparazzi is an epic card and that is great because even if it wasn't the top performing card that was common and it is now uh, although it wasn't at launch um uh, it is now when, when the power levels of all the decks kind of went down a little uh, paparazzi still creates an extremely unfun environment and i think they realize that another card that they nerfed down is vizier Good. Vizier was problematic in the last meta, and they should have nerfed it down. Now they finally got around to nerfing it down. Vizier was like the super protected card in the last meta, because it was a new card in the last set, and it was Discover, a spell, right? Which means it's different for each class, so it's like kind of a class card. We talked about this in the card review, um, where with something like something like Vizier or something like Scorpid is like kind of a class card, and so if you treat it like a class card, that A power level is fine. If you treat it as a neutral card, that A power level, especially this one, with Vizier's A almost A+, plus, is not fine at all. So um, it's good to see them nerf Vizier down. Vizier is now, also, uh, Vizier is now a, a rare card, I think. Oh, oh, I'll check it again. Yeah, Vizier is now a rare card. So they didn't nerf Vizier down to the way they nerfed Paparazzi down. In fact, the other nerfs are all uh, not as hardcore as Paparazzi. Paparazzi is the only one that went down to an epic, which is fair. You really need to, to nerf uh, Paparazzi down. But they did ding Vizier a little bit. Kind of like, I guess, a recognition of the, is this a neutral card? Is this a class card? Let's kind of split the difference, right? 
They also nerfed Ghost Rider. Same deal, right? It's a common card that discovers spells, um, and they have uh, decided that it was uh, too powerful. Um, we rated it an A, uh, and it is not performing well because we talked about this meta, right? We talked about how this meta is actually favoring more aggressive decks and not the card draw stuff. Uh, so, uh, Ghost Rider is performing like where Pelican Diver is performing. Uh, it's not bad, but it's not performing at A levels. It's performing at like A level for a big card or a B plus level normally. And they still nerfed it down. Um, it's just fine. I, I, I love the nerf. <laughs> I, I don't like these cards in the meta. Um, but it is a, a kind of an odd pick to also get included. Especially when something like Promo Drake is actually performing a little bit better. Um, and if you're looking at just cards from this set that's performing better. Like Party Animals also performing better. Uh, we talked about that Hipster was performing better. Like, if you really want to look at cards, right? Hipster is also... Well, Hipster is even worse. Uh, like, it's a it's a lower-rated card than Ghost Rider. We rated it a B... Uh, B plus, maybe? I think a B plus. Uh, instead, of, uh, instead of an A, and Ghost Rider was an A. Um, but Hipster discovers cards from your opponent's class, which means Hipster is not a class card at all. It's the same, no matter what class you're playing... Uh, no matter what class has, has the Hipster. So... That's even more of like, oh, this has to be a neutral card. Now, we think it was okay. It's not that powerful. And so, you know, I don't really mind that they did nerf it. But it's a weird pick if you're just looking at data. That you nerf the card that's performing worse. And they do very similar things, which is discover a spell. And if anything, the card you nerf provides more variety in gameplay than the card you didn't nerf. Um... So yeah, so it's, uh, Hipster, by the way, is not performing like an A-tier card. It's performing like a B-plus tier card. It's just that uh, uh, Ghost Rider is performing even worse. So, yeah. Um, that was a weird pick. And then it gets weirder. Because they nerfed one more card. They nerfed Candle Razor. Uh, you have to go real far down the list to find Candle Razor. When you're looking at like win rates, we rated it a B. This is not even a B plus card. It's performing like a B. We rated it a B. It performs like a B. Um, I know there were people out there who really like Candle Raisin. I thought it was like potentially an A tier card. Um, I think it's clear they're wrong. But for some reason, Blizzard included Candle Raisin in the nerf uh, set. Even though, and this isn't the case where, like, oh, day one, Candle Razor was doing super well and then it fell off a cliff. Like, no, Candle Razor was never doing well. Like, I was monitoring Candle Razor and all the, you know, neutral cards. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know why Candle Razor got the nerf hammer instead of a whole, like, list of, like, 30 cards above it. Um, but yeah, I've never been screwed by a Candle Razor. I used a Candle Razor, it didn't do that much for me. Like, it was fine. Uh, it just kind of is what it is, right? It's a solid, like, high B-tier card, not quite B+. And, uh, yeah. Uh, they nerfed that. Um, it, well, I mean, it was a common, now it's a rare. I, I don't think that was necessary. I actually kind of hope they restore it. Uh, but, I don't know, maybe they have a theory behind it or something. Now, the things that's more important than what they've nerfed, besides the paparazzi nerf, and maybe the Vizier nerf, because the Vizier is very annoying too. Is what they didn't nerf. And what they didn't nerf is, one, we talked about Promo Drake already. But Promo Drake was not performing at a level, especially in this meta, that I think warranted a nerf. 
And uh, even in our card review, where normally we're like, oh, it's an A-tier card, it has to be nerfed. We were like, for promo Drake, I'm kind of okay if they don't nerf it. Uh, and, and just keep it at a common offering rate. Because it's just, it kind of comes out a bit too late. It's pretty meta-dependent. De- uh, de- uh, and um, I don't know. When I first looked at the card, kind of it, part of it is just feel, right? When I first looked at the card without doing any math, I didn't even think it was an A-tier card. And it came in in like a lowish A tier card, not that low. It's like some low mid um, A tier card ranking, and this is not the meta for promo Drake, <laughs> um, especially after all the nerfs. So uh, um, I don't know. I'm okay with them not nerfing it, but it is key to know that that is an A tier card that we rated, and we're not taking back that rating um, that did not get nerfed. But the other A tier cards that we rated did get nerfed, so. Uh, it's good to see. And the biggest miss, of course, the card that they did not nerf that is now the highest performing uh, card below Epic should be to no one's surprise, it is Mothership. Mothership has a 56% win rate. It is the, uh, you know, I mean, Hawk Ri- Hawkstrider Rancher and School Teacher are both Epics. They're performing better. Um, but Mothership is performing right up there, almost, almost there. It performs the same as Paparazzi, for the record. And, um, you know, it's, uh, not nerfed or anything. Just kind of, kind of is hanging out there. The mech pool's pretty damn good now, because we're in a standard meta. And it is, uh, it is just not getting nerfed. Uh, what's even worse about this card is that it, it did get nerfed. This was a nerfed card. They nerfed Mothership back in the day. So this was a card that they had determined was too good to be in standard, even as a uh, even as a rare card, and they nerfed it down. To, I forgot if they nerfed it to an epic. They might have nerfed it down to a legendary even back then, because they were nerfing the cards down to legendary status back in the day. Um, now Mothership is just here. And uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's just kind of hanging out. In fact... Um, they undid the nerf, right? Because they undid the nerf that existed in the prior meta. So if you look at the offering rate of Mothership, in the prior meta, when it had its nerf, it was picked about 5%, it was seen about 5%, like, on the per HS replay. Right now, it's being seen 15% of the time and rising. Look at that, it's just, I mean, I, I don't know what, what to say about that. Like, that's just... It's one of the more obvious ones to nerf. Like, if you're going to go around and nerf cards, this is this is the one that you need to hit. Because you've hit it before. And no one was sad. No one was like, oh no, my motherships, why did you nerf them? Everyone was very happy. I was probably the happiest, but everybody was happy that that happened. So, uh, I'm fully expecting meta, uh, a mothership to get nerfed in the next round, whenever the next round happens. And uh, in the meantime, I don't know. They tripled Mothership's offering rate from the previous meta. I, that, um, yeah. Okay. So that's what's happening in uh, the game. If you haven't been playing or if you've been playing but haven't been able to like see the big picture and you're not like digging into stats or anything, I think that's a pretty good summary of both the meta and where things are moving. Um, if you're playing on the ground right now, remember... Tempo is very, very, very important. 
Um, not so important that you want to be trading too much to preserve little bits of tempo on the board, but tempo is important, especially early game tempo, because they go face and they reduce your opponent's face damage. Um, and at the same time, because of this whole thing, things that can provide reach are really, really good. Things that can provide healing are really, really good. Um, you do need the swings to be able to get back on the board, right? Healing is always useless if you can't swing the board back. Uh, but even if you can swing the board back, if you don't have healing, you're still going to die a lot of the times. Uh, and uh, even if you swing the board back, uh, if you don't have that reach or that early temple to chip in some damage, you're not going to be able to throw all your stuff into your opponent's face to end them, and then they'll be less afraid, and then they'll attack your face, then you're on the defensive. In many ways... One of the things that standard meta has, has actually done a really good job of, both in the prior meta and in this meta, is to make that face damage really matter. Um, and to make those early game decisions about face or trade not matter more, but kind of swing in the other direction. It used to be like 75% trade, 25% face was probably optimal. Like if you go back like not even that long ago, like maybe a year, a year and a half. Um, and now it's definitely the other way. It's definitely 75% face, 25% trading is, uh, is optimal. Um, so you really got to get some benefits from trading. Like if you have a 3-2 and your opponent has a 3-3, you never trade. Like unless you're about to die, right? You don't trade. That's not, that's not a thing. Like getting that one extra stat? No, no, no. You'd rather get three damage. If your opponent has a 3-4 and you have a 3-2, okay. Now, now I could, I, I'm being convinced that I should make the trade. Right? Like, if you have a, a I don't know, um, if you're able to eat one of your opponent's minion, like, maybe that's a trade, but maybe not. It's entirely possible these days where you can eat a minion, and if you're like, well, I do want to put on some face pressure, you just take your, like, 3-5 and go face instead of eating a 3-3. That used to be, like, a never-happens kind of thing. Right? Like, unless you're playing Hunter or something. You would always eat something, because then you can get a favorable trade on the next thing, and that's a pretty big multiplier on the board. But now, between how easy things are to get removed still, because of all the all the class cards and, uh, you know, the standard meta, putting a lot of the more powerful ones uh, in, into the game, like, into your deck, uh, you kind of, like, a 3-5 is 3 health better than a 3-2. That will always remain true. And that it matters way more often than it did before. Because your opponent, before, if you made the trade, and you're like, oh, my opponent could just spend two more damage and remove my remaining 3-2 after my 3-5 trades into a 3-3. Um, but then they would have used one of their initiative cards. And that's a win for me. These days, they have a lot of initiative cards. It's just less important to force them to use an initiative card. It's still very important to make reads, right? Like, by far, the easiest way to, like, uh, to win is, uh, besides generating random, like, ridiculous stuff, is to make the read whenever they stop having removals, and then just go for it, right? Because once they don't have any removals left, and you know they have no removals left, you're free. Your, your plays all become, like, 50% more powerful. Um, but for them to get to that point, it's still a standard meta. It, it takes a while. So that individual removal doesn't mean a lot anymore, which is why that trading is also not that important anymore. Um, but the face damage is super important. And because you're going to win by that swing and go face, like almost every deck wins by that swing and go face at some point. 
you want to, one, still make sure you have some swings. You're still not going to win with like a pure tempo deck with no swing, by the way. I'm talking, I'm talking from, the, from the point of view of the prior meta. I'm not talking from the, uh, the point of view of like a historical meta. This is not like, oh, tempo is king. No. This is like, tempo matters more now than it did a month ago. Um, you still need the swing cards. Like, definitely. If you have a pure tempo deck with no swing cards and no, like, mana thirst cards and no ways to, like, gain additional tempo in the late mid-game or do these little combos, you're still going to lose. Your deck is just too weak and you don't, like, damage them enough and you won't have enough reach to finish them off. Like, maybe for a hunter deck that'll work. Maybe. But not not any card besides... Um, yeah, like, not not even Druid. Um... Which, which has that card now that uh, turns their hero power into like a hunter hero power, but it can be blocked. Anyway, that's the on the ground meta. Um, if you are avoiding this meta because you're like, oh, the paparazzi is going to make it all a shit show. Uh, one, I don't know, maybe I just got lucky, but even when paparazzi did not have an offering penalty, I didn't see a lot of it. And I was killed by way, 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 way more ridiculous stuff from not paparazzi than from paparazzi. Like, it wasn't even close. Like, out of the ridiculous ways that I died, um, it was probably, like, a 10 to 1 ratio whether paparazzi was involved. So it wasn't, like, that big of a deal uh, for paparazzi, even when it was there. Um, and when it was not there, uh, like, now, now it's an epic card. It's there even a quarter of the time. So basically, something like 1 in 40 games, 1 in 40 losses will be because of a paparazzi. Like, it's not a reason to not play this game. Um, they also nerfed, like, just Discover cards, period, for the first time in what feels like forever. So that's a good direction. And Discover, because of a bug, is nerfed in and of itself. So it's all trending in a good direction, both in terms of the meta and in terms of uh, the types of nerfs they're willing to make. Um, it's not balanced class balance-wise. The class balance is still pretty bad, um, but it's better than it was at launch. Um, and, uh, they're doing stuff about it, and I fully expect the next patch to make this a lot better, and I fully expect the next patch to come either at the end of this next week or at the beginning of the week after that. So, fingers crossed. Um, I relatively enjoy this meta. I definitely enjoy it more than the prior meta. Um, and the prior meta wasn't, like, super bad. It was, it was one of the, like, bad ones, um... I'd say bottom 25 percentile, not bottom 10 percentile, the prior meta. But this meta probably hovers around like the 50 percentile mark. Which is pretty good, considering that they only have four sets in. Like if they put six sets into this meta, I think this could actually be a good standard meta, like after balancing. Um, so yeah, uh, overall... Overall positive reactions to this. Um, if you care about fun, you're probably not listening to this for us to tell you what fun is. Like, just go play the game, see if you have fun. But um, they did add a lot of, like, spice into into the game in ways that aren't artificial. Like, all the things and all the mechanics that have been added in, uh, in this uh, expansion, they work with existing concepts. Like... They, they generally work with the fundamentals and not against it, which is good. Like, that's very good for the arena. Some sets just come in, and there's just, like, total wins for, uh, uh, for arena because they're playing off fundamentals, and they're not, like, adding a ton of new crap. 
Uh, and this is one of those sets. In fact, usually the first set of a new cycle is like this. It's like a nice chill set that works really well for the arena. The bad ones that start off um, usually uh, are like not impactful enough, right? Any, any starting uh, start of cycle expansion that has enough of an impact almost always has generally good impact because they always work with the fundamentals. In, in the same way, the last um, expansion of each cycle is always the most dangerous one to like screw everything over because it's more experimental, they're pushing the envelope, crazy things are happening. So we're in, uh, we're in the upswing of the cycle now. Um, and I think it shows. Uh, okay, that's it for me. Uh, we'll talk more about this, uh, about all this stuff next week when, uh, when Murps is back. Until then, this is Abwikta. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in. And if you haven't seen the card review yet, definitely check it out. It's a good rundown of, uh, of all the cards. And uh, the new cards are powerful enough. And they have the offering bonus. And there's only four sets in the game. So you're seeing them a lot. It's good to know them. Have a good night, guys. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.